0: Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright Let's get into the Word this morning. I'm very excited. Um, I'm preaching a message that I think is super relevant, uh, really relevant to absolutely everybody. I don't know, uh, maybe you're here this morning and you're you're not a Christian at the moment. Like you're kind of interested in in God and the idea of God and the idea of Christianity. So you're tuning in. Maybe that's your situation today. I think this is going to be relevant to you. Uh, Maybe you're a fresh Christian, right? You've been following Jesus for not really that long. I think it's going to be relevant to you. Or maybe... Just maybe you're a bit of a veteran in the faith. You know, you've been going at it for a while. Um, I think it's also going to be relevant to you. So make sure you lean in. I know sometimes it's tempting when you're at home to get distracted and there's lots of things happening, but I really want to encourage you to really lean in because I really believe that when we lean in, when we give God our attention, He always deposits something within us. So if you need a touch of God in your life, if you need something to be to be deposited into your spirit today, then just lean in and it's gonna happen, I promise you. So tune in, let's get excited. I actually wanna start off with a little bit of a story. Um, So when I was about, oh gosh, I would say about 18 years old, I cooked dinner for the very first time. It was a very special moment. I'd managed to get through most of my life without cooking, but at the age of 18, finally, I was in a position where I'm like, you know what? It's time that I cooked. And the reason being is because my mom and my sister, they were out of town. So it was just my dad, my brother, David, and me, right? Just the boys. Now, it's dangerous when it's just the boys. It becomes almost like Survivor. I don't know if anyone out there is a watcher of Survivor. If you love Survivor, why don't you let us know in the comment section on YouTube. So I decided that I would cook, right? Now, like any male who is 18 years old, when you're learning to cook you start with the basic stuff so i went with spaghetti bolognese also known as spag bowl. so i cooked spaghetti bolognese and um once it was finished i looked at it and i was like yeah that looks pretty good like this spaghetti bolognese i gotta be honest it looked pretty good but i knew there was a problem when my brother started eating it i didn't know there was a problem with my dad starting eating it because he's one of those old school Um, man who honestly is just so excited when one of his sons or one of his kids cooks that he's going to say it's amazing no matter what it tastes like so dad was very impressed but my brother when he started eating it I knew there was a problem and uh, it took him three different occasions three attempts to try and finish my spaghetti bolognese I think it was three days later he finally decided that he was going to get rid of it Um, but basically the, the problem was is that it was just way too dry like I'd messed up the process, I'd stuff up the steps. And what I learned from the first time cooking for me is that a missing step or ingredient when it comes to cooking, i tell you what it leads to. It leads to dissatisfaction in the people eating it. If you miss a step, if you stuff up an ingredient, often what can happen is it doesn't taste right and it leads to dissatisfaction. I have a confession for you this morning, Bright Church. It's time to get real. All right? it, is, it is online church, but we can be just as real online as if we were in the building. So this is my confession to you. Just like my spaghetti bolognese was missing something, there was a time in my journey with God, a long time, where there was something missing. There was a missing ingredient. There was a missing step in my faith which was causing me to feel dissatisfied in my faith. I'm just being real. From the age of 12 to 22, that's a decade, that's 10 years of my Christian walk, I felt in many ways dissatisfied in my faith. Now, I believed in Jesus fully. I believed that Jesus loved me. I believed that I was going to heaven that I was going to be in paradise with Jesus forever. Like, I, I, I believed all that stuff. I believed that Jesus had saved me from all of my sins. He had redeemed me. I believed all that stuff. I believed all the right stuff. I even went to church. I was a good Christian young lad back in the day, right? I was going to church. I was connecting with youth and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, even though I believed all the right things, um, and I believe I did have a saving relationship with Jesus, I was still dissatisfied. Like, there was something not quite right. And it makes me think if Jesus is all that we need, then why did I feel that way for so long? And you know, maybe that's where you're at today, right? Maybe for you, you believe in Jesus. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while. You believe all the right things and you have a conviction about it. But at the moment for you, if you're being honest, you feel kind of, I don't know, unsatisfied. There's something not quite right. You can't put your finger on it, but you know that something's missing. You just know that something is missing. You know, I think most of us have had a moment where we honestly knew something was missing from our faith, but we're unsure What it was now here's the good news if you're in that situation today realizing something is missing from your faith is step one in god reviving your faith in matthew 10 26 jesus said have no fear for nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known i am believing right in faith i am believing that this morning if you are one of those people who feels unsatisfied at the moment like you just know there's something wrong and you want to get out of this place right you hate it and you want to get out of this place i am believing that god is going to give you the answers today i'm believing that the holy spirit is going to lead you out of that place just like what he said in matthew ten twenty six. I'm believing that what is unknown to you at this moment, and the unknown is that I don't know why I'm feeling this way, even though I seem to be believing the right things and doing the right things. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I'm believing that you're going, it's going to be revealed and you're going to be able to move out of it. So that is my hope. That is my belief. And my personal testimony is that even though from 12 to 22, for for 10 years, I was dissatisfied to an extent in my faith, everything changed at the age of 23. Everything And from then until now, ladies and gentlemen, bright church, anyone tuning in, i got to tell you, I am loving it. The last word I would use to describe my faith and my journey with Jesus would be... um, unsatisfactory it is way above unsatisfactory i'm a teacher so i use that word a fair bit when it comes to describing my students performance on certain assignments but that is the last word that i would use to describe my relationship with jesus now something changed there was a missing ingredient there was a missing step that i was totally oblivious to for those 10 years and that is what we are going to focus hone in on today and hopefully by the end of today you will be able to break free and move forward If you wanna break free and move forward and get out of this dissatisfaction, let us know in the chat right now. Get excited, everybody. So there are two passages in the gospels involving Jesus with people that reveal the answer to why some people are unsatisfied in their faith. Believe it or not, The Bible has the answers. (laughs) Oftentimes we go to a lot of different places to find the answers for the stuff that we're feeling, the stuff that we're going through. We get the new greatest book that's out. Um, We jump on and listen to some podcasts from just some randoms who don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. And we think we're going to find truth there and insight there. Guys, go to your Bible. Come on. Especially if you're a believer in Jesus, The Bible, I was going to point to it, but I don't actually have it right here in front of me right now. I've got my iPad. But your Bible, you're going to find some answers to the stuff that you're going through. And that is where we're going to go this morning to find the answer to this question. So first, we're going to go to Mark chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 17 to 27. Now, if you don't have a Bible, by the way, um, we would love to get one into your hands. Like we may not be able to physically go over to your house and like hand it to you because then we might go to jail, Um, but we can post it to you. We can send one to you. We'll do whatever it takes to get a Bible into your hands if you don't have one. But if you do have a Bible, now is the moment to get it out. But the verses are also going to to be on the screen if you can, you know, if your Bible is a bit too hard to find or require a bit of dusting um, in order for you to actually read it. So let me read to you Mark 10 verses 17 to 27. This is what it says. I love this story, by the way, so I'm pretty excited about it. It says in verse 17, and as he was setting out on his journey, that is Jesus, so as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments do not murder, do not commit adultery. Do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honour your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. If you believe that, why don't you let us know in the chat? So I want to highlight a few things that we just read. Here is the first thing the rich young man, this guy who came to Jesus, even though he was doing good, He felt empty. I'm going to repeat that because it's so important. Even though he was doing good, he felt empty. Now, how do we know he felt empty? Because he came to Jesus and he said, hey, how do I enter into eternal life? He was dissatisfied in his beliefs. He knew there was something wrong and that is what brought him to Jesus in the first place. And maybe that's where you're at today like this rich young man you know there's something wrong so what are you doing you're coming to jesus now he was doing good how do we know that because jesus first response to this man was hey are you keeping the commandments you know have you murdered he's like no i haven't murdered have you committed adultery no i haven't done that you know are you honoring your mother and father yeah i've done that so tick 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 the rich young ruler he was doing all the right things you know he was ticking the boxes he was following all these commandments and yet he knew there was still something wrong there was this dissatisfaction and maybe for you you feel as though you're doing all the right things at the moment right you feel as though you're following most of Jesus commandments if you're a believer in Jesus today Um, you know you're a good husband or you're a good wife or you're doing your best um, you're just getting by, right? You're doing a lot of good, but yet you still feel empty. Well, this was the position that the rich young ruler was in. Now, I think it's fascinating, and this is a little bit of a side note, but I want to touch on it because I think it's important. I think the reason that Jesus goes through these commandments, it is important because sometimes the reason for our dissatisfaction in our faith is because we're not following the commandments of Jesus is because we're actually going against what we know is right. And therefore it's messing with us on the inside. Therefore, we feel this dissatisfaction. There is this wrestle within us. And that is actually the cause of this emptiness that we're kind of feeling. So that is something I just want to highlight, even though it's not the main thing. So then Jesus goes on to say to him something that is really, really, really important. So you need to listen to this part. And this right here, everybody watching, this, I believe, is the missing ingredient, the missing step that so often can cause this dissatisfaction in our faith. So Jesus says to him, well, there is one more thing that you could do. So here comes the challenge. He says, go sell all that you have, right? Go give it away to the poor, And come, follow me. But he couldn't. He couldn't. Jesus said, yeah, you feel dissatisfied. It's because even though you're doing a lot of good things, you know deep down you're not really following me. And that was the moment, the shock moment, the challenge moment, where the rich young man, just he would have just felt like, oh, man. Yeah, I am doing a lot of the right things, but the main thing which is following you I'm not, I'm not doing that. And, and maybe for you right now in this moment, you're realizing that even though you've been doing a lot of good things, deep down in the pit of your stomach, you know that you're not fully following Jesus with all of your heart. The third thing I want to highlight here is that the reason that the rich young ruler wasn't able to follow, the reason that he couldn't after he was challenged by Jesus was because he was trapped by his comfort. It says that the reason he couldn't follow was because he had great possessions. Now his great possessions, what did that lead to? It led to a level of comfort in his life, right? Which secured him, it became like an idol for him. So when Jesus said, come on, follow me, he was trapped in comfort. We have a word for that, it's called the comfort zone and he was unable to get out of the comfort zone to fully follow Jesus. Just like the rich young man, what happens to us is we get trapped by comfort. Now, if you think this guy was rich, goodness me, if you could go back 2,000 years, right, and get a perspective from some of those people of what they would think our position is like, they would think that we're all rich. Even if you're watching today and you don't feel like you're necessarily that rich, Man, the, the fact that we can sit at home, watch TV and gr- go onto our electronic magic devices where we can go to this weird app called Uber Eats and get stuff delivered to us at the front doorstep. If you don't think you're rich, then gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Like honestly, we have so many comforts and a lot of the comforts that we have, they can trap us Which means when Jesus says, hey, follow me, we're unable to get out of it and step forward and move on. Now, the really interesting thing here, and this is the fourth thing that I want to highlight, is that the rich young man, it says that he walked away sorrowful. I think that's fascinating. So even though he had all his money, all his riches, he was unable to depart from it. Why wouldn't he still just walk away going, yeah, at least I've got all my stuff but he didn't feel that way. Actually, he was sorrowful. So he was sorrowful in his comfort and everything that he had. And man, that's a terrible place to be. When you're unable to break free and fully follow, and yet you're feeling sorrowful where you are, that's a terrible place to be. Now, if we were going to learn one key lesson from that whole passage, this is it, right? So if you do notes, and I'm not sure if you do, this is something you should write down. If we don't detach from idols and invest completely in God, we will live unsatisfied lives. That is at the heart of this passage. What we need to do is we need to detach from idols in order to follow Jesus. When Jesus says, come, it's very hard to go if you're attached to all of this stuff, if you're yoked to all of this stuff. Now, for the rich young man, his idol was what he had all of his money, all of his stuff, he loved it so much that he was unable to depart from it when Jesus said, come follow me. Now an idol, if you're not sure what that is, because it's a pretty old school term used in the Bible, something that we don't use that often today unless you find yourself in a church context, the word idol means something that you love more than God. Now, I'm going to be honest, there have definitely been times for me in my life where I've loved a lot of things more than I loved God. Like even though I believed in Jesus, went to church, there were, there were other things that I prioritised more, that I spent more time on, and therefore it was obvious that I love that stuff more than God. But when we love things more than God, what happens is there is this yoking to it, this attachment to it, and it traps us, and then we're unable to really move forward with all of the great things that God has for us. So what we need to do, we need to detach from idols and invest completely in God if we don't want to live um, unsatisfied in our faith. Now, why is it so important for you to follow Jesus? Fully follow Jesus, not just believe in Jesus. If you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus, right? I'm talking fully follow Jesus with everything. Why is that so important? Why is it worth you going through the process of detaching from idols? Because it's not always easy to follow Jesus. Why should you do that? Well, I believe Luke chapter 9 verses 59 to 62 puts it very plainly and simply. And I love this passage. And it is going to be the reason why you need to follow Jesus today. Not tomorrow, but start doing it today with all of your heart. So let me read it to you. Now, if you love challenging Scripture, then you're going to love this. You are going to love this. But if you don't love challenging Scripture, then just buckle yourselves in and pray because it's going to get bumpy. Um, So let me read it to you. Luke 9 verse 59. It says, To another he said, this is Jesus, he said, follow me. All right. So just like the rich young ruler, to another person, he's saying, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father pause. Okay, so clearly um, Jesus is saying, come follow me to a person who's just recently had a pretty close loss in his family. His father has passed away. Now, I think this is a pretty reasonable um, request from this man to, hey, can I first go bury my father? And then Jesus, I'm coming with you. I'm all yours after that. But for now, I just got to go do this thing. But then after, hey, I'll come with you. Now, that, that seems very reasonable to me. Right? And I, I would, if I didn't know what comes next, I would guess that Jesus is going to say, yeah, sure, no worries. We'll just head off tomorrow. But let's see what is actually written. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Once again, I think this is a pretty reasonable request. But Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Oof. I don't know about you, but I find that very challenging, very challenging. And what we need to learn from it is this, okay? So commitment to the kingdom must come before commitment to anything and everything else. Commitment to the kingdom is supposed to come before commitment to anything and everything else. Following Jesus comes before things culture says are most important you know i think we've been indoctrinated into this way of thinking where we value things so highly that god doesn't necessarily require us to value highly or wants us to value highly we place so many things above the kingdom of god honestly now i'm just being real even though we like to think that the kingdom is our first priority so often really it isn't and we value so many other things over that when we're supposed to value it first you know some examples of this is maybe you just value your job doing really well in your job and making a lot of money like maybe for you that's the thing that you're really invested into it takes up all of your time it takes up all of your bandwidth in your head and that's where that's where your priorities lie in your work in your job maybe the thing that you value so, so much. Now, this one is close to home. I think this is a classic Christian value, um, which is a good value. But if we value it too much, if we prioritize it too much, if it gets out of sync with some other things that are more important that I'm going to get to in a moment, it can actually be a negative. And that is we can value family, like idolize family over everything else. And that's what we actually see in that passage of Scripture that we just read. My question is, what do you value most? People need to wake up and realize the infinite value of following Jesus. I honestly think we need to wake up, like spiritually wake up and realize the infinite value of following Jesus. In that passage we just read, if they realized, the infinite value, the urgency in the moment of following Jesus, then they would have said yes. They wouldn't have had excuses. They wouldn't have said, oh, can I just wait a minute? Or, you know, this isn't very convenient. Gosh, how often do we say that to God? Sorry, God, it's not convenient now. Maybe in a year, maybe in six months. But honestly, when we act that way towards God, there's a word for that. It's called the sin of omission. When we're actually not doing what we're supposed to be doing. When God speaks speaks and we ignore, we're actually putting off what we're supposed to do. That's the sin of omission. We need to wake up and realize the infinite value of following Jesus. And we have to realize that it's urgent. Like for some reason, we think we have more time. For some reason, we think that, yeah, I'm not all in at the moment, but next year I'll be all in. I'm still growing, you know, I'm still working things out, maybe in a year or two years, then I'll be all in, you know, then I'll give God all of, all of my heart. But the reality is from the moment you gave your life to Jesus, that was supposed to be the moment that you gave all of your life to Jesus, right? We're supposed to be all in from the moment that we say yes to Him. And when we're not all in from the moment we say yes to Him, there is this wrestling that happens within us. There is this dissatisfaction. And in order to get free of it, we actually need to go back to the original call and be like, hey, am I a follower of Jesus or not? We need to realize that this thing, it is urgent, not for tomorrow, it's for today. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, "'Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.'" That is what following Jesus looks like, everybody. If you're wondering, what does that practically look like to follow Jesus? are you doing that? Are you going and making disciples of all nations? Is that the purpose of your life? It's supposed to be the purpose of our life. It was the last thing that Jesus said before he went up, right? (laughs) That's a funny noise. Um, He said, go therefore and make disciples. So the question is, are we actually doing that? Are we valuing what Jesus said there? You know, someone who really understood this and got this and it troubled them that they saw so many believers in Jesus not actually displaying urgency when it came to following Jesus. Someone who saw it and it caused them to plant a church which became a movement that changed the world that church was the Salvation Army. The person that I'm talking about is William Booth. William Booth had a vision. He saw something that made him realize, gosh, how urgent the call is for following Jesus. Now, at the moment, if you're not feeling an urgency, if you're not feeling um, a conviction that it's time to get serious about going all in and following Jesus, trust me, after hearing this, there's going to be a little bit of urgency within you. So let me share this vision that William Booth had. So what he saw was this ocean right? This vast ocean. It was a raging ocean. It was a scary looking ocean. And within it, there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who were drowning, who were dying. Now, in the middle of this ocean, there was like this mountain and around it was a platform. And on the platform were a bunch of people they were safe on the platform in fact it looked like they were enjoying life in the vision they were just having conversations they were looking at the scenery on the mountain they were eating together the weird thing was is that even though just meters away there were people drowning in the water it was like they were completely oblivious to it the next thing that William Booth saw was this person come from the sky into the water And this person was rescuing people out of the water, those that were drowning, throwing them up onto the platform. This person was yelling out to people on the platform to help him. And yet so many people on the platform were just either ignoring it or they couldn't hear it. Now that vision that William Booth had, that was a picture of the world. It was a picture of the state of the church. The people in the water, those that were drowning, those that were dying, those were people who didn't have a saving relationship with Jesus. The people on the platform, those oblivious mostly to what was happening, those were people who did have a saving relationship with Jesus. And yet, even though there were people all around them struggling, people, that, people were dying, the majority of them were just not doing anything about it. You know, when I first heard that and when I first read it, it challenged me deeply. Deeply. Because I realized there are people in my life who don't know Jesus, who don't yet have a saving relationship with him, and too often, I turn my back. Too often, I'm not doing everything that I can to share the message that can save them. I wonder which person you are in the illustration. Are you the person on the platform? Or maybe you are one of the few who's actually helping those out of the water. I wonder which person you are. You see, maybe the reason you are unsatisfied is because subconsciously you know there is a world heading to hell. You have the message that can save them and you're not sharing it. This is the big idea. If you don't want to waste your life, if you want to wake up from your spiritual slumber, if you no longer want to feel dissatisfied in your faith, if you want to break free, then start living purely to see souls saved. You know, in the story of Jesus and the rich young man, the reason the rich young man said no to following Jesus and living a life to extend the kingdom and see souls saved, the reason he said no, was because of the sacrifice that that would take. But one thing that's not mentioned in the passage is what the rich young ruler was sacrificing by not following Jesus. You know, if that rich young ruler, if he decided to go all in and follow Jesus, imagine what he would have seen. He would have seen miraculous healings. He would have seen people set free from demons. He would have seen people raised from the dead. He would have seen people's lives amazingly transformed. And some of those people would have been people in his own life, his own friends, his own family. And maybe above all of that, he would have had an intimate, close relationship with Jesus that maybe few have ever known. In Matthew 19, 29, Jesus says this to his disciples. After having that conversation with with the rich young man, this is what he says. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father, or mother, or children, or lands, basically anyone who has sacrificed for me, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. The rewards for following Jesus with all of your heart far outweigh the sacrifices. Let me tell you that from my own personal journey. For too long, I was content. For too long, I was comfortable. For 10 years. And I tell you what, that's no way to live. Not as a Christian. That's not who we are. That's not what God has called us to. God has called us to be all in. And if you are not all in, all you're going to feel is dissatisfaction. You're going to feel empty. You're going to know deep down in the pit of your stomach that something is missing. Because you're called to a bigger life than to just come to church and go to small group every month. You're called to be a winner of souls. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for the main leaders within church. It's for you. I don't know where you're at at the moment. I don't know how long you've been a Christian for, But guess what? You have the message that can save the people in your family and your friends. It's in your heart. It's your testimony. And when you start to share it, people's lives are going to be changed. You don't need to be perfect to share the Gospel. We just got to share the thing and it's going to cause a huge difference. It's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus. We're not going to get to the end of our lives and be thinking to ourselves, oh gosh, I'm so happy that I bought the bigger house. Oh my goodness, I'm so happy that I travelled the world and saw everything. Oh man, I'm so happy that I lived a risk-free life. That is not what we're going to be thinking as Christians. If you're a Christian today, it's very likely that we're probably going to get to the end of our lives and be thinking to ourselves, I wonder what could have happened if I just went all in. I wonder what could have happened if I actually shared the Gospel with my friends and my family who don't know Jesus. I think there's gonna be a lot of regretful Christians. Even though we are saved and on the platform, don't forget there's people drowning in the water all around us. And we need to follow Jesus. We've got to start sharing that message. The time is now, it is urgent. We don't know when our life is going to be up. Could be tomorrow, could be next week. We like to think that we've got ages, but goodness me, I'm not sure that we do. You know, I, I recognise that following Jesus can look different for different people. Jesus asked the rich young ruler to sell all that he had and and give it to the poor. Now, I don't believe that following Jesus for you looks like selling everything that you have and giving it to the poor. The reason Jesus did that for the rich young ruler is because that was the idol in his life. That was the thing blocking him from living up to the fullness of everything that God had for him. So all of our callings are unique and and following Jesus looks different for everybody. But But the heart is the same. And that is a heart that is willing to go all in. So my question for you is, what does following Jesus with all of your heart look like for term four in 2021? What does following Jesus with all of your heart look like in 2022? Here are some examples of what following Jesus could look like. As a church, we believe that God is calling us to run an internship next year. Now, maybe for you, that is what following Jesus looks like in 2022. There is no better way to go all in than to spend it growing in your relationship with Jesus, being around people who are gonna impart stuff into you, who are gonna help you activate your gifting and your call to actually help grow the church and extend the church. Gosh, that is a phenomenal example of what it looks like to follow Jesus in 2022 doing the internship. we understand that God probably isn't calling everyone to do that, but what is God calling you to do? Maybe for you, it's becoming more vocal about your faith. Maybe it's inviting people to church. Maybe it's been months and months and months since you invited someone to church. Now I'm gonna be really honest with you watching today. I'm, I'm gonna to say that in the church health survey that we sent out, the lowest, the lowest number that we had from, for any Christian discipline was when it came to sharing our faith. Now that's pretty scary considering that is the thing that Jesus asked us to do above everything else. So my question to you is, are you sharing your faith? Because following Jesus looks like sharing your faith. You can't get away from it. You can't get around it. Maybe following Jesus in 2022 looks like just sharing your testimony. And trust me, when you start to do that, people's lives are gonna be impacted. The Holy Spirit is gonna show up. You may not feel like you're adequate enough with your words. You may feel like it's too awkward to do it, but trust me, God can use you. He can. So what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to pray that God would give you the boldness and the grace to step out. So if you want to lead in, lean in to this prayer and you recognize that maybe you're not properly following Jesus the way that you should be. Maybe you've been too distracted by everything that's happening in the world Maybe you've just been distracted by the own stresses in your life. Trust me, when you're following Jesus with all of your heart, it's amazing how it puts things into perspective. So if you wanna lean into this prayer, if you feel God is calling you deeper right now, then lean into this, pray with me. Dear God, I thank you so much that you have an incredible calling on every single person. I thank you, Jesus, that you are everything that we need when we decide to give you all of our hearts. And Father, I pray for people listening today who at the moment, they believe in You, they have a saving relationship with You, but deep down they realise that they're not really fully following You with everything that they have. Father, I pray that You would speak to them. I pray that You would put a burning desire within them to extend Your Kingdom. God, I pray that when they wake up in the morning, the number one thing on their mind would be how can they serve You today? How can they follow You today? Father, I pray that as a church, we would be a church who make Jesus' last command our first priority. That we would be people who are so focused and so driven to make disciples that it just becomes the purpose of our lives regardless of what job we're in, that it would be our main purpose to share the gospel, to make disciples. Father, I pray for those people listening this morning and in their hearts, maybe they feel a call to ministry. Maybe they just feel this deep burning desire that, yeah, I wanna give my life to this. Father, I pray right now that you would just move on those people, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they would have the boldness and the grace necessary to step out in faith. God, we thank you that when we are obedient to you, you always show up. God, I thank you that you've sent us the Holy Spirit to be our helper in everything that we do. I thank you that it's all about you and it's not about us. And all we need to do is just be obedient and then you move. Jesus, I pray for people who really feel stuck. They feel attached to idols. There's things in their life that honestly, at the moment, It's holding them back, it's preventing them from moving forward. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a great breaking off today. That people who find themselves attached and yoked to things like money, maybe it's sinful addictions in their lives. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a great detaching, that you would set them free, that they would be able to follow you with all of their hearts, Lord God. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.